tonight some really neat things I think you'll enjoy. I've enjoyed studying it. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you and honor you, Lord, uh, just who you are. We just love you. We love being filled by your spirit. We love walking with you and being led by the spirit. And just, Father, so grateful to just be your child and to know you. And, and Father, all that you do in us and through us and for us, and you just help us and love us. And what can we say but thank you? And so, Lord, we've come to sit at your feet tonight. We ask you to just teach us and show us and reveal to us the things that we need to know from your spirit and things that will help us. And, and Lord, we're going to hear some things that are not, they're not new. They're in the Bible. Um, they may be new to some. Boy, I remember when I was first saved and learning, a lot of the, everything was new to me. Uh, and I couldn't get enough, and I still can't get enough, Lord. It's just awesome. And, Father, no matter how many times we've read your word or studied your word, there's always something new and fresh that we see, and we think, wow, I've read that, but look at this. So, Lord, just open our hearts tonight to hear what you want to say to us, that we'll walk in what you've called us to walk in, what you've given and provided for us. And so, Father, we thank you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is, uh, I'm really glad I divided this teaching because it would have really been long last week, so I'm glad, I'm glad I divided it like I thought I should. And... Um, so this is the Spirit Form Life Part 7B, and uh, we're going to continue looking at our disciplines of the Christian life, what we as Christians walk in. If you read your Bibles, you see God, it's not just, oh, you're saved, do what you please. He has a plan. He has a way of doing and being, and he lays it out in his word for us. And, you know, when we walk in that, and we are only able to walk in it by his grace anyway, but as we open ourselves and are willing to walk with him and allow him to do this in us, you know, it's a life of blessing. It's not a life of everything's perfect and rosy every day because he reminded us in this world we would have tribulation. But he said, but what? Be of good cheer. He didn't say wring your hands. He didn't say freak out. He didn't say uh, give up, pray that I come, hurry up, hurry up. He said, be of good cheer. I've deprived it of power to harm you. See, you need to remember that. When there's tribulation going on around you, you just say, you know what? That doesn't have power to harm me. I'm just going to be of good cheer. Yeah. You know, that's just faith talk. That's faith in God talk. It's yeah. who we are and what we believe and what the Word says. And just think about Jesus walking on this earth, y'all. He knew what he came to do. But he just didn't get all bummed out. He just kept his face pointed toward the purpose and in the purpose of God. And he walked it and fulfilled it. And he walked it in the power of the Holy Spirit, just the same power we've been given. And so tonight, we're going to talk about our seventh discipline, and it's abiding in the fullness of the Spirit. Um, in John chapter 7, I'm going to recap just a little bit over the rivers. Last week, we talked about rivers. that. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those rivers I covered last week, and then we'll cover a few more, and then we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more about the Holy Spirit. But in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39, we saw last week how Jesus said that rivers of living water would flow out of our innermost being. That's how the Amplified said, out of our innermost being, these rivers. And it was plural. It wasn't just one river. Rivers would flow out of us. And, you know, Jesus was describing a way of life for us today. 
He wasn't just speaking of just the initial experience of being saved or even being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He wasn't just talking about that initial experience, but he was talking about a lifestyle that's just bathed in spirit fullness. The fullness of the spirit uh, to the point of day-to-day overflowing. I told you about that t-shirt Alan wears when he baptizes people, you know, uh, got overflow. And we just walk in the overflow of the Spirit, those rivers just pouring forth. You know, it's not a river that's drying up and barely able to move. These are flowing. Rivers would flow. They're moving out of us and through us. They're the rivers of the Spirit of God. And we talked about some of these rivers of refreshment because these rivers bring refreshing. And they they bring power and mightiness into our lives. And the Holy Spirit wants to unleash this in each one of our lives. Uh, anyone who's willing to allow him to do this. You know, he doesn't force us to do anything. He shows us what's ours. He tells us what's available to us. And he gives us uh, people, you know, um, that will say, hey, have you heard this? Or, hey, you will see in the Bible, we're going to read some scriptures that say, well, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe him? Well, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So, you know, they were learning in the Bible. We're learning. And that's how it's, well, I didn't even know there was that. You know, I didn't either. But, you know, God is ready to pour out in us. And just, Lord, everything you've got, I want it. I want it to go. Not just for our own little keeping, put in our little bag, but just so it can flow out of us to others. And so we have to allow him to do these things. So you, you can stop up that river if you want to. You stop it. Shut that door. Mm. But... We're not going to do that because that's not who we are. But the rivers that we talked about last week are rivers of worship and praise. I will say this. After I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it opened up a whole new, uh, um, how do I say it, Uh, area of worship and praise. It just opened more to me. The second thing were rivers of witness that, that with joy we would witness. It wasn't just this mechanical thing, but it was the being baptized spirit opens up rivers of witnessing. It also opens up rivers of ministry, the ministry gifts flowing through us, and then the rivers of the gifts themselves. And then last, one we talked about were rivers of intercession and prayer, that how the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and helps us to pray because we don't always know how to pray. And we can pray in the Spirit with our spiritual language, and we can pray in our understanding. And so tonight I want to continue with a a couple more rivers. And then um, I want to go into a few other things about the different ways that the Holy Spirit comes and and just looking at the scriptures. And so, uh, but this next river, number six, is rivers of fruitfulness. And uh, have you ever noticed this? I'm sure you have. You know, if you're driving along, you know, we have the San Marcos River. I was going to stay out here, but down there. There's the Guadalupe River. There's different rivers. But have you ever noticed when you're driving along, everything can be, you know, just barely hanging on. But when you see just this, just these green trees, well, you know there's a river there. Because those are trees, as uh, Psalm 1 says, we're like trees planted by the rivers. Well, those trees, they're planted by rivers. And rivers, we're talking about rivers of fruitfulness. Rivers always increase fruit bearing in the agricultural realm. When you have a river, it's a blessing. And so, you know what? We need to open those floodgates and let those rivers flow 
let the Holy Spirit flow in our lives because we will see abundant fruit in our character and our conduct. Hey, so let's look at, in case we don't know what the fruit of the Spirit is, we're going to look at that. It's in Galatians chapter 5, if you want to look. And verses 22 and 23. Because, you know, the, this is what the fruit of the Spirit is. This is God. And this is what our character and conduct is to look at. And it's not by trying harder. It's by releasing those rivers through us. And we just become that because of his rivers in us. So it says in 22, but the fruit... Produced by the Holy Spirit. Who produces it? The Holy Spirit. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. I'm reading out the Passion Translation. And this is is how the Passion does it. Um, The fruit. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue. Faith that prevails. Gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Those are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what those rivers and that river of the Holy Spirit will, and we just read it, it produces it in us as we open that and allow the Holy Spirit to do that. You know, you might be wanting to have a a fit of carnality. As Jesse DePlanis says, a fit, a fit. Y'all ever heard him say it? A fit, a carnality. So I think he was fixing his lawnmower out there, and he had a fit of carnality with that lawnmower in front of his neighbor. (laughs) And, you know, we're all tempted. But you know what? If we'll just begin to let that love chapter come up in us, and uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and just be reminded of who we are and the love of God that's in us, you know what? It just puts all out, all that carnality out, just puts the fire out and allows just the fruit of the Spirit to come up. And so that's what God wants to do. And it's the seventh river River is the rivers of peace and strength and what he gives us. And the Bible points to the distinct flow of the Holy Spirit that enables prayer as a means of edification. And we're going to talk about that, of building up. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4a in the Amplified Bible says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies and improves himself. What do you think about that? Doesn't that make you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and allow that prayer language to come forth? Because when you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says when you do that, you improve yourself. Look at all this self-help improvement. Hey, just pray in the Spirit. You are improving yourself. And it's up to God. Isn't that good? He just goes in and does what's necessary. I love that. You don't even have to think about it. In the Passion Translation, it says, The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. What a deal. Jude 20, in the Passion Translation, says this. I love the way they say this. He says, But you, my delightfully loved friends. Did you know we're delightfully loved friends? Isn't that wonderful? Constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the Spirit. And I want to read a footnote from the Passion Translation. It says this about that scripture. Paul uses this phrase, praying in the Spirit, 
to refer to praying in tongues. It can also mean pray as led by the Spirit, praying in the Spirit's realm, or pray by means of the power of the Spirit. But he's talking about praying. He talks when we pray in our understanding. But when he talks about praying in the Spirit, he's talking about praying in that language that God's given us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jude 20 in the Amplified Bible says this, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So that's what happens when you pray in the Spirit. It causes you to make progress. It causes you to rise higher and higher. You know what you feel like you're sinking? Pray in the Spirit. Just pray. You don't have to just be stationary when you pray in the Spirit. Can walk around, do whatever, pray in the spirit. You have to remember not to get too loud in Walmart and HEB, <laughs> you know, because I don't know, I just be praying in the spirit, talking to the Lord. I'm like, okay, Kim. <laughs> you know, praying in the spirit sounds like, oh, well, that's good for me, but you know what? It's not a self serving exercise, it's a necessity. It's what God's given us, it's what He said, I've given you this. It's necessity in our spiritual lives. It's a beautiful gift that God gives to help us every day to just let those rivers flow. That pump is just flowing and priming and moving forward. Ephesians 5:18b, the second part, reminds us of our need. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Passion Translation says, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be half full. I want to be full. I don't want a quart low, fresh oil, full. Do you know what happens to those engines? That oil gets slow, they burn up, right? Isn't that what happens? I've never seen one, you know what I mean? But that's, you want to keep oil in there. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. You want to be walk in the spirit fullness because the enemy just tries to burn us up and get us all messed up. But when you walk in this fullness, you know, it makes you aware you're just on to what the enemy's trying to drag you into. And it just makes you uh, alert, walking in the spiritfulness. In the New Testament, spiritfulness is emphasized as a recurring necessity. Both Peter and Paul were spirit-filled. And you, like in Acts 2-4, um, Acts 9-17, and then again in Acts 4-8 and Acts 13-9, you see where they were filled again. So there is a continual filling. There's initial baptism of the Holy Spirit, but there's other fillings of the Spirit. So now, speaking of that, of how the Spirit fills us, I want to look at different ways in which the Spirit fills us to overflowing. Some of the different expressions that the Bible has. And people, we all will say, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon us. The Holy Spirit filled us, you know. And so we'll, we're going to just look at different ways the Bible talks about it and some of the meanings of that and, and the depth in that. Um, the first one is where um, in Acts 1-5 it says that we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, and Jesus said in Acts 1-5, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And you know the word bapto, uh, the Greek word, it describes something that was immersed. And I realize there's a difference of opinion of sprinkling and immersion and all that. So, you know, but if, if the word used was immersed, you know, I, I, I was sprinkled as a child, but I got immersed. So, anyway, but the meaning of it, one of the meanings is like the dyeing of a garment where you put it in, you know, and bring it out and it's, 
has a whole new character to it. And, um, you know, it, a, new, a dyed garment, it, once you do that, it takes on an entirely new dimension of beauty that would not be present otherwise. So uh, that's what it means in being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It brings new qualities to our life and character. I can tell you, it did mine. Uh, a lot of just, it was just new qualities and characters. So that immersion, being baptized uh, in the Holy Spirit. So that's one way in which the Spirit fills us to overflowing. So another expression um, in Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And um, Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me and to the ends of the earth. And so another expression, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the idea of this, of him coming upon us, relates to uh, a whole new set of circumstances coming upon us when he comes upon us you know we read this and i'll I'll be honest if you've i will tell you when i was baptized in the holy spirit i'd never heard of it not in the church i went to all my life and uh and since i was um spirit-filled saved and spirit-filled then in my in in my walk then i've heard people away against it talk about it bad stuff you know i'm thankful to god i hadn't heard anything and hadn't had my mind you know uh, messed up with uh, what man thinks it is. I think people that talk about stuff like that, they've never, um, they've never experienced. They've never, they just, they've been taught something themselves, and they just pass that stuff down instead of finding out from God and stuff. You know, when people tell me stuff, I go home, especially if they're arguing or something. I go home and say, Lord, what do you say? You know, what do you have to say about this? Because when we, were, I was first saved, and we were in a Bible study. Um, sometimes those, I mean, I, I knew a zero, nothing. And so those that had walked longer in the Lord, um, two of them in particular, would kind of go back and forth on uh, these, and there were two different opinions. And so I'd go home and say, okay, Lord, <laughs> what do you say about that? Because I didn't know. I certainly had no opinion. And because uh, I hadn't read enough of the Bible to have one. And um, But, you know, I'll tell you what the Lord told me, so I'll just tell you all what God told me. He said, you know, the issue isn't who's right or wrong. He said, the issue is the attitude. And so, you know, you may think, well, I'm right, so that makes how they say that. I don't know, Mike, whatever. I don't know how that saying goes. But, you know, but God looks on our heart and our attitudes. And you might be right as rain, but if you've got a stinky attitude, that, that God doesn't go for that. And so, anyway, so that's kind of how he told me. He wasn't even interested. He wasn't so interested in, I mean, he began to teach me, and I began to know which one that I just began to learn. And he taught me. And so I, I knew then what he, but the first thing he wanted to tell me, that the attitude is important. So, uh, anyway, but the Holy Spirit coming upon, um, the Holy Spirit, when he does that, he wants to reshape our perspective, on the world, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He wants to reshape our passion for the lost. And He wants to reshape our pointedness on human need. The Holy Spirit's power. You know, the Holy Spirit, He exerts His influence even on our personality. He changes us so that we don't look like the world anymore, we don't act like the world anymore. 
we're not carnal. You know, I'm not saying we're perfect. We do it because it's, but it's not you trying hard. It's him being in you and forming you, the spirit form life. It's him doing it in you. And so that's what happened when he comes upon us. It also says that the spirit's power clothes us. He clothes us with power. Luke 24:49 says that. And that's another kind of coming upon us. Like your clothes, they come upon you. And that's another type of that. And he comes upon us with his resources of enablement. He empowers us when he comes upon us. You know, people are saying, they're empowered. The women are empowered. I think people don't know what power is until they know the Holy Spirit power. You know, they're always talking about all this power. and It's God power. It's the Holy Spirit power. You want some power? <laughs> That's power now. You know, and it is It's for whosoever will. You know, the Passion Translation says that the mighty power, I love this. In, in Luke 24, 49, it says it like this, that the mighty power of heaven falls upon us and wraps around us. Isn't that awesome? Don't you like that? Don't you picture that, what God's doing? Lord, just fall upon me and wrap around me. Fall upon my kids and wrap around them. Fall upon my friends and wrap around them. Don't you love that? Oh, so good. That's Luke twenty four forty nine in the Passion. The third one is we're filled with the Holy Spirit, another expression of the Holy Spirit's filling. Acts 2, 4 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek language, that word translated to fill was not used except to indicate an overflow. The word means there is more than enough. The word that's used here, it's not just a little bit. It is more than enough. When they were filled, it was an overflow. God didn't just say, okay, well, I better just not go all the way up to the top because it might spill out. He'd fill to overflow. And God wants us to spill over, to overflow. You know, the Lord is saying, my abundant resource is always available. Don't forget that. It's always available. Everything you need. There always will be more than enough of my spirit working in you. But our part is to remain open to his renewing, to his refilling workings in our lives. He doesn't make us. We open to him every day, every moment of the day. Say, Lord, work in me. Have your way in me. Do what's needed in me. I don't want to be boss. Been boss in my life. Didn't work out well. Be my boss. Do what needs to be done in me. I yield to you. Paul's call to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Ephesians 6.18. He calls us to do that. He calls us to be praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And he calls us by continuously being filled with the Spirit. And it provides us with direction as we do this to ensure our keeping that overflowing current. So if we're praying in the Spirit and we're allowing him just saying, Father, fill me. Thank you for filling me. You know? And you know, we're not just sitting here all filled up. We're filled to overflowing so we can spill out. To others. Praising with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart. That's what 
Ephesians 5.19. That's what God wants us to do. It, it, when we're just worshiping God, to me it just opens those floodgates. It gives place to the overflowing fullness of the Spirit. When we just open. I think, you know, um, <laughs> I just think praise and praying in the Spirit, it just turns everything. It just turns it. You know, stuff going on. You know, you just begin to lift your hands and say, thank you, Father. I just worship you. You're bigger than all this. You got the answer to all this. And I just turn my eyes on you and I say, Lord, work. And I'm going to worship you. You know what? He does. He does. May we let every day be filled with more than enough of him. The fourth one is the Holy Spirit. He falls upon us. That one was he comes upon us. This one, he falls upon us. In Acts 10, 44, it says this. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard those words. He just fell on them. And this Greek word used here for fall upon is the same word that's used in Luke chapter 15. When Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. Remember how the father fell upon the neck of the son. When the boy returned, the father met his son with great affection. That's Ephesians, I'm sorry, that's Luke 15, verse 20. And it says that the father fell on his neck. This falling upon is the picture of a man coming and capturing his long-lost son in a grace-filled embrace of gratitude and affection. If your baby had been lost <laughs> and they came up that road, you would fall upon them, wouldn't you? And that's what God does. He falls upon us in that same way. This same word is used in Acts 8.16. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here you have believers who had been baptized in water as an action of obedience, following their repentance and their faith in Christ, but they had not yet received the fullness of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not fallen upon them yet. Salvation's first, and then some people call it the second work of grace, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it is for the enablement of power-filled service in our lives. Is what it's for. And the Holy Spirit wants to fall upon us and capture us in the embrace of heaven, to catch us up in the fullness of God's love for each one of us, so that His great love then can overflow through us to others as we touch them in his name. I pray that you will see who you are and who's in you. And what that you're you're not just a little human walking around. You're a saint. You're a child of God. You are a Christian. You are Christ filled. Filled with the power of God. And when you walk and you touch, that's the Lord extending his hand to others to heal, to set free, to speak life, to lift up, to set free. He wants to do that. He wants to fall upon us. The fifth one is we receive him. Acts 8.17 says, Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. That's how I received. That's how he came to me. 
That's what Oral told me. He said, well, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'll pray for you. And he said, I'm going to lay hands on your head, and we're going to ask Jesus, because Jesus is the baptizer, to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened with me. That's what I happened to me. I received him. So then they laid hands on him, Acts 8, 17, and they received the Holy Spirit. The Greek word used here for receive conveys both the ideas of giving and receiving. Everything ultimately relates to our willingness to be open to him, to allow his power, his grace, and his glory to flow always to us and from us. And that's what the word there means when we receive from him. It's a giving and it's a receiving. So I pray that through this teaching of what we've talked about last week and this week, that you're reminded of the value of the fullness of the Spirit and that you will desire everything that Jesus promises his disciples because you're a disciple. And this is for you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is for you. It's not just something that someone there received. I've received. Pastor Al's received. I'm sure many of you in here are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he wants to do that. I, I tell you, it. <laughs> It's not just written there so we can read it and turn the page. He wants you to receive. The Bible tells us to not only be filled with the Holy Spirit, but to also receive continuous refreshings and refillings with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5.18, when the scripture says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that verb is in the present imperative tense. And it has this connotation of that verb when it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is a connotation of a continuous replenishment, an ongoing and repeated filling. So, you know, you may have been baptized in the Holy Spirit 20 years ago, but I encourage you today to say, Father, thank you that I'm walking in the continual filling of your Spirit. I never run dry. (laughs) It don't leak out. Continual filling. And, you know, may we keep full of the Spirit so that we can demonstrate his love and power to the world each one of us touches. We're called to live in the stream of the Spirit, a river that never runs dry. And if we step out of the stream, you know, if we just get in the flesh, we step out of flowing with him in the stream, you know. There's not any resource on earth that we could ever step into that could substitute for the Holy Spirit's river of life and power. And, you know, people don't know. You know, when you see people um, just saying, you know, just really uh, bad things and horrible things and all the hatred, you you just need to know they're not walking in the fullness of the Spirit. They don't know the Lord. And our compassion needs to rise up to pray for this, that people will know the Lord and then walk in His Spirit's fullness. You know, a heartfelt passion to live in the Spirit's fullness must be sustained in our lives as as disciples of Jesus. You know, um, as uh, Paul told Timothy, stir up that gift that's in you. Stir up what God has placed in you. Thank Him for it. Believe. Have expectation of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. Look at the gifts of the Spirit and say, Father, I thank you. I desire you. He tells us to desire the gifts. You know, you need to step up and just I desire that. Lord, you're not in control of it. You're not doing it. But he told you to desire them, so desire them. And you know what? 
Be expectant because he'll flow through you. He'll speak something to you for someone or he'll say, go do this or they need this or, you know. But we need to sustain that heartfelt passion for the Spirit's fullness in our lives. You know why? Because otherwise, if we don't, then you know what? Christian living just becomes reduced to simply being nice girls and boys for Jesus. You know, I tell the Lord that sometimes. I thought, I don't want to just be nice. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to be bad, okay? Don't y'all don't freak out. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. But do you know what I mean? I'm telling the Lord, what, you know what I'm saying? I want the love of God, but I want his power. I want his love empowerment. I, you know what I mean? I don't want to just be nice to you. I don't want to just hand you a can of food or uh, help you with something. I want the love of God empowered with the Spirit of God and the demonstration of the power of God that makes changes in people's lives where they know, hey, God's here. Not me or not you, but God is in the house. God's out in the marketplace. God is moving. You know? And that's what I'm talking about. We don't want to just be nice boys and girls for Jesus. You know? But we want to live in the timelessly available resources of the Holy Spirit. We want to live in all that he paid the price for us to live in. And this is what those are. Being fully empowered as witnesses of his life, love, and power. Being fully representative as evidence of his character, conduct, and grace. Being fully endowed as agents of the kingdom of God. Manifesting his presence because we are living in the king's fullness. Being fully released as worshipers and intercessors who both praise and pray with the spirit and with the understanding. This discipline of abiding in the fullness of the spirit is essential to fulfilling all the others. We abide in him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So I encourage us tonight, I want to pray for us, I want to encourage us just to open our hearts to a fresh filling. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, honestly, he'll fill you right there, he'll fall upon you right there. We can lay hands on you, you can receive that way. But he wants to fill you, he wants to empower you, he wants to give you a spiritual language that you don't learn here, but it comes up from here through those rivers where you can pray and You don't have to be knowing everything. The Holy Spirit comes up and he prays. And so, Father, I just thank you tonight for your precious word, for your precious Holy Spirit. We just welcome you afresh. We thank you and we open our hearts and say, Lord, have your way in our lives. Fill us afresh, those that have been filled with the Holy Spirit maybe years ago. But, Father, I thank you for fresh oil and fresh filling, a renewing, a refreshing of the Holy Spirit. We just receive it by faith right now. And, Lord, those that may have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, Father, if their hearts are open and they want to receive, Father, we ask you to baptize them in the Holy Spirit, to fall upon them. Father, we thank you for the beautiful language that you give us as you have filled us and our part is just to open our mouths and up comes the language 
that beautiful language of prayer and praise and worship. And we thank you and we praise you and we honor you. Thank you that, Father, we're not going to live just nice lives, but we're going to live empowered lives, empowered with your presence and your love and your Holy Spirit, Lord. (laughs) We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.